In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one man and one woman will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Eric Johnson and Emily Jones star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Eric Johnson. And I'm Emily Jones. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes. Woohoo! This week, we're watching Avatar The Last Airbender, a Nickelodeon TV... This was on Nickelodeon? Yeah, it was. I thought that I knew things that were on Nickelodeon. Like, I watched them. Well, this is from... uh, If you continue reading the sentence I wrote for you, from the mid-2000s. I realize that, (laughs) but still. Anyway, it's from the mid-2000s. It's about a world in the midst of a hundred-year war where special individuals control the elements with martial arts. But when a sister and brother find a mysterious boy trapped in an iceberg... Everything changes forever. It's an epic tale about friendship, heroism, and growing up. And I have obviously never seen it. I am intrigued. Yeah. Um, I, I'm uh, optimistic about this one. I think based on what I know of you, uh, I, th- I, think you I think you might like this. But we'll see. I mean, there's... Um, well, we can, I'll save that for, for discussion. Uh, so for this uh, episode, we are not going to be watching the entire series, although that might be an unintended side effect, uh, for me anyway. Um, for and this possibly episode, for me. There is precedent for that. Yes, there there is definitely precedent, but we'll, we'll wait and see what you think of it. Um, we're going to be watching the first five episodes of season one, uh, also known as book one is the official terminology that they use. That's confusing, because it's not a book. Yeah, well, it's it's it's... It's an epic tale, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, but it's still not so, a book. the episodes we're watching, the first one is The Boy in the Iceberg, goes through episode five, The King of Omashu. Okay. So, let's go watch those now, and then we'll be back after the break to talk about them. See you later. Hey guys, we are right now watching Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, Emily and I are, and uh, we're about to spoil the first five episodes of season one, so if you don't want to have that spoiled, it might be a good idea to go kind of look up, figure out how to watch those. That would be wise. Fortunately, they're on Amazon, which makes your life very easy. Yeah, so they're on Amazon Prime. So if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you should be able to watch them for free. Uh, You can also stream them on Nickelodeon's website, although I think that has ads uh, kind of interspersed and probably ads that if you're listening to this podcast, which has an explicit label, ads that are probably not going to be interesting or relevant to you. I think it's all going to be ads for like toys and shit. Unless you like want toys and shit. Which I mean, no, it's fine. It's kids toy. It's like Nickelodeon, you know, Um, because this is a Nickelodeon show. Uh, and then if you don't have a Prime subscription and or you don't want to, you know, watch the Nickelodeon ads, you can also buy episodes of Avatar, two bucks each, on iTunes and Amazon Video. So, a bunch of different ways to watch this Many show. Many options. First five episodes of season one are what we're talking about for this, so uh, here we go. back 
we just got done watching the first five episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. Before yes, I, we did. Before I say what I thought of it, uh, Eric, why don't you share why you love this so much? Several, several reasons, uh, some of which I uh, can't discuss until you further in the plot. But from the five that we watched, something that I just... I really, really love about the series is the music. Um, I'm like a huge fan of a lot of stuff that this show does in terms of uh, fusing cultures and kind of the the way this is an American-made show that's emulating like Japanese animation and Chinese martial arts and just like and something on repeat viewings that I always always appreciate uh, more is just how how great the, the music is in this show. that i noticed the music yeah well no i mean you you wouldn't necessarily but yeah so the the show went on for three seasons and then a spinoff series went on for four seasons so over that span of time i you you kind of come to appreciate sort of the 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 tropes or conventions they use for 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 music so anyway uh what did you think of avatar the last airbender um i'm not really sure what i thought of it okay um and like I don't I don't know I'm not sure what to think of it like I'm not sure what to make of it I guess. Um, and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, <laughs> I, I explain explain your your thoughts and then I'll tell you why why I'm not freaking out about that. <laughs> so, like I don't know I just I just don't really know how to like, um, because like on the one hand it's like got this whole like epic quest world saving situation going on and there's all this like fancy magic stuff that they're doing or or bending (sighs) it's It's not not magic magic. it's water bending and it's yeah yeah an ancient art unique to our culture blah 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 i yeah i corrected myself um (laughs) but then it's like it's also like such a kids show like the way that they like act and interact and i'm like i don't know i'm kind of like i just don't really know what to make of it because it's you know, it's like, for instance, in the episode, um, I think it's the second one when the firebender dude, the young prince guy. Prince Zuko, yeah. Finds the village um, and he comes and like attacks. And it's like, so this is like a, supposed to be like a big sinister, terrible thing that's happening. But then also like the fight with the older brother is like so clearly played for laughs. And there's like this annoying like point, point, point sound that happens like when people hit him and stuff that I'm kind of like I I'm like yeah I I don't know I'm like I can neither take this seriously nor like appreciate it as like like comedy because I don't think that's 100% what it's going for and I'm just kind of like I don't know what to do with this so the reason why I'm not uh, at all surprised or anything really by by your reaction. Uh, so one of my good friends and uh, a huge, huge fan of this series, like a total diehard geek for this series, uh, he despises the first season of this show. And I intentionally didn't say anything in the intro. The first season is very kiddie. This, th- this season, yeah, it's this like, book... It's like super, super Nickelodeon yeah. cartoon. It, this 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 season this book is Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets and I guarantee you that if you are able to keep on watching and make it into the second and third season and then into the spinoff series like 
it, it it's like this amazing like payoff when you get there when, when you know that you see the characters kind of grow up into these you know these way more mature themes and you get to like some really crazy shit but like the first season is definitely too kitty uh and that's a, a well-known thing i still enjoy it kind of just for what it is and knowing that it that it gets better but uh yeah okay. i i very i very intentionally just wanted to wanted to you know yeah, get get your your cold reaction uh yeah i i mean maybe knowing that i'll and i guess i'm supposed to wait till the end to do the like big like so will i keep watching it thing um, I mean, maybe knowing we that, can jump that down. I might return to it at some point, but like you weren't going to otherwise. I don't really see myself continuing to. I mean, like I didn't, I didn't like not enjoy it. Like you know, I as you do when you watch something. Like I was like in mildly invested in like their little quest and whatever, but I was also like I feel like I'm watching a children's television show. I don't yeah. really. I don't really feel like continuing to watch this children's television show. <laughs> yeah, no. So this is definitely a kids show, at least for this season. And that's something that's a, a function of it being on Nickelodeon. And yeah, it's something that changes over time in the same way the Harry Potter series does. It's very much, as I mentioned, Dad, the, or as I had you mention in the intro, a big theme of the series is growing up and, and maturing. And <clears throat> just like uh, Harry Potter, where... You know, you go from, you know, this this fanciful world, and it's very much a kid's series, both the books and the movies early on. Uh, it then go, goes to, it gets kind of darker and crazier and all sorts of stuff just farther down the line. Uh, the problem is that the, uh, the the plot that you get, those, those plot beats you get to later on, they feel less satisfying unless you actually know the characters, unless you've gotten to that point. So if you had jumped straight that into, sense, you know... Yeah. Potter well, like with Prisoner of Azkaban, you know, you, right. you wouldn't really enjoy that as much, not knowing the whole backstory of who Harry is and, and all that. Um, so uh, let's talk about the episodes that we watched. Um, so I guess starting off, I, another thing that I was thinking about mentioning when you were going to ask, you know, what did I like? I do like the way the series kind of throws you into its weirdness, into sort of its weird world with the word just bending is just this thing that's accepted this this power that some people have uh-huh. so like wh- what was your i guess your, your thoughts when you were meeting these characters i mean like did you um i'm not sure if you were taking notes or not but i mean did anything sort of did anything confuse you or surprise you or, or sort of what was your um your reaction to these characters i mean not not really. They were pre- I don't know. I, I found them pretty... Um, it was all pretty clear and accessible and, like, very yeah. very plainly laid out, which, again, was one of my kind of frustrations with it, with this, like... Yeah. It, it followed a lot of patterns of a lot of, like, I don't know, like, kids' TV shows. Like, I don't know. It didn't... It didn't... Like, I didn't really have a hard time figuring out, like, oh, okay. I, I, I didn't mean, like, this- was it hard to figure out. I mean, like, I, I don't know. Did, you just didn't really care for the characters, or... I didn't... Well, no, not... I'm not going to use that phrasing, because that makes it sound like I didn't like them, but it was... They were... I don't know. They, they didn't... They didn't su- surprise me, or, like... I mean, See, I don't when know. I first they were kind of obvious series, to me. When I first watched this series, that was something... The reason I ask is that... Um, I was surprised at how Frank it dealt with two things. One being death, where they say, like, you know, they have up front, they address the fact that people have died in this universe, and it's a kid's show, so it's unusual. And the other thing being sexism, that, like, one of the first lines is Katara, like, you know, yelling at Sokka for being for being ignorant and sexist. You are the most sexist, immature, nut-brained... I'm embarrassed to be related to you! 
underground camp while you've been off playing soldier. I mean, the death thing is a good point and didn't really didn't really register with me, but I think you're right. Like I do think that's a good point. Um I don't know, that kind of uh that kind of like like pretty pretty explicitly laid out there like girl power feminism thing is something I'm really familiar with in kid shows actually. Hmm. Maybe that's just a function of the shows really? that I watched when I was a kid. Yeah, not the shows that I watched I at mean, all. I mean like I watched Reggie Rocket tell her oh, brothers that power, shit a million yeah. times. Like it didn't yeah. really surprise me to see it in a Nickelodeon show and the same is true of I mean Kim Possible and the Powerpuff Girls and mm. like I don't know. I feel like I watched a lot of shows that had like kind of cool chicks yeah. being, you know, not putting up with shit from their dopey brothers Fair or point. whatever. Yeah, I guess it's just, just difference in, in background going in. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I watched a little bit of Powerpuff Girls and I like. It was oh only my God. When I got Powerpuff older Girls I, is like there's so much going on there. Like I want I want to go back and rewatch it actually. No, well, like, that's the thing I was about to say is that like when I was older, like in college, I then watched some on like YouTube or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, the show is brilliant. Yeah, there's but so much craziness when, when, going when on. When it was originally airing, I never I only watched like a couple episodes. Oh, like, I love it. I had nothing it. better I thought to it was do. Great. Yeah. But I mean, I had a tendency to seek those things out for pretty obvious reasons, probably like. Yeah. The, well, the mean, TV yeah. shows and movies <laughs> that had like the, you know. The girl who won't put up with the stupid boy and who like mm. is a tomboy or like whatever like yeah yeah there was a lot of there was a lot of that in my entertainment world when I was a child. Well, I mean, just on the on the idea of it being sort of a, a structure that's that's familiar. I mean, I'd say it's less of the girl putting up the stupid boy and more kind of like it's kind of structured similar to like the Scooby Gang and Buffy is the way I've always thought of it. It's kind of Katara has these these powers and, you know, uh, Sokka is kind of like the Xander to, to her Willow, like sort of, you know, less powerful, but still has his heart in the right place and sort of comic relief to an extent. Um, I don't know. I Yeah, I can see I, that. I don't know. I'm getting off on the tangent here. No, but. I can see that. I mean, it feels a little more... Um... Well, he's not very good at fighting, so this kind of goes against that point. But I was gonna say yeah. it feels a little bit more like the like the Jojen and Mira Reed dynamic. So sorry, uh, the in what? in um in Game of Thrones, um, the people, the brother and sister who are with Bran, who you haven't seen in a full season. Oh yeah, I completely forgot. Yeah, about okay, well, they're they don't do them very well in the show, but yeah. um, Jojen Reed, the boy who's right. played by the little boy from Love Actually, which you haven't seen, um, is, but just for listeners' reference, that's who we're talking about. He he is, um, he has these powers that most people think of as being gone. He has, like, visions of the future and stuff. Yeah. And that's why he comes along and he, like, knows that Bran is supposed to be important and right. is a warg and all that stuff. And then his sister is really good at, like, hunting and fighting. So their whole thing is they, like, travel around and, like, She's basically like protecting mm. him because like he can't because he's super inept at it, but he has to travel to like get to Bran and like explain everything and whatever. So like I don't know, that's kind of the more the dynamic it reminded me of of like the one sibling who's good at this thing and the other sibling who's good at that thing. Except he turns out not to be that good at fighting. But right, <laughs> they're, but they're like, but they're you know they're sort of focused on okay. different parts and different skills of their world, I guess. Hmm. Okay, yeah. 
What about uh, Zuko and Iroh? Uh, the uh, Zuko being the guy with the scar and then Iroh being the old man on the boat uh, who really likes tea. What did you think of them? Please sit. Why don't you enjoy a cup of calming jasmine tea? I don't need any calming tea. I need to capture the avatar. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that they I'm glad they fleshed Zuko out a little bit because initially it was very he was very like he was very like evil dude with a with a scar and like the episode where he encounters the other the fire commander dude. Um, Play, played by Lucius Malfoy, no less. Oh, I didn't look up any of the actors. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, it was Jason that's, Isaacs. That's awesome. was, was Commander Zhao. Yeah. Uh, He'll be back. <laughs> but they... Uh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, just the the idea that there's like there's more going on with him. You know, he's like exiled, which he hadn't really revealed before. And like he has issues with his dad and like all the... Like, I don't know. It was good. It was good to like that he wasn't just like a like a monochromatic villain, I guess. Issues with his dad is the understatement of the year. If I mean, it, well, once you get to, <laughs> well, I don't know what they are yet. They've just made. It I know, clear I know. That he was I'm, I'm just sort of I'm foreshadowing for you. <laughs> issues is, is uh, a very slight way of putting it. And, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, that, that's the thing. Is like um, that was another thing that jumped out at me when I first started watching this series. Was you know you have this this guy this kid who's the villain. You know, as you were saying, he seems kind of at first one dimensional. But I think the first hint that they're doing something more with him is, A, they're coming back to him each episode, and B, they give him his uncle, who is like a comic relief for, for the villain, like in all these scenes, and is sort of, you know, um, I, I don't know. It's Maybe it's just something that comes from, see, again, from seeing the characters over a longer arc than what we saw here. But Uncle Iroh is one of my favorite characters in the whole series. He, he is he just... Even even the the stupid stuff where he's just like you know wisecracking about tea and you know how much he likes tea. Even in exile, my nephew is more honorable than you. Thanks again for the tea. It was delicious. Did you really mean that, Uncle? Of course. I told you, ginseng tea is my favorite. It, basically, every scene that he's in, I, I just I really adore. Um, yeah, I mean, he was funny. And what about the fight choreography? Did that register for you? Like, did that, did that, that like... That stuff was cool. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really, I don't know, I wasn't that focused on it. But yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that, that stuff was cool. It was like, um, it was like, uh, it's, it's cool, it's cool, th- that sort of style of fighting, similar to, um, like, when, when Dumbledore and Voldemort duel at the end of the Order of the Phoenix movie, um, as opposed to just like shooting jets of light at each other, which is what they usually right. do when they duel in <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, yeah, it, it, so it was like it was like a cool, you know, that that type of fighting. Like that was, yeah, that's neat. And especially yeah. when like, um, and it's like you kind of know going in that uh, Ang is gonna end up being the Avatar, and like as hasn't told them that, and like whatever. Right. But you know, he's also a kid. He hasn't like mastered all four elements yet. So like, it's cool when he surprises you and himself by like also being a waterbender which like he didn't know he well, could do sort of well no yeah, but they, okay <laughs> so no so he hasn't mastered his skill yet or whatever but like he he can use he's not limited to air you know what i mean yeah there's the he like goes under what it's the whole thing he like goes underwater and like pulls up i know i'm just wondering if i should it's a light spoiler but I'm it not, wasn't i don't totally I don't care. Well, he wasn't totally in charge of that. Well, no, so. I mean, no, it's clear It's clear that he does not have full control over his powers. But I just yeah. mean, like, those little reveals like that, where, like, he's he all the things that he's... Yes. He's, 
Well, that's, that's the power of the Avatar innately, is that he can do all four. Right, or he, right. He has the capability to do all four, well, whereas they Katara can only ever do water. Right, but, like, they hadn't, like... All we knew at that point was he was, like... I mean, probably going to be that person, but, like... Right. They, they, the phrasing they keep using is, like, he is the master of or has mastered all this. So it's, like, okay, well, this little this is, like, a little kid. He clearly hasn't mastered pretty much anything. Right. So, like, the fact that he can manipulate it at all, even though it was, like, yeah, he didn't have full control over it. Because it seems like when he goes into that light-up mode, he's sort of out of control. Um, <laughs> light-up mode. <laughs> and he, you know... But he did manipulate water, which was, like, an interesting thing yes. to see. That's what I'm talking about. Did you see what he just did? Now that was some water bending. And, and yeah, that's something where... Um... I, that's something one of my complaints with the early series is I feel like they don't get to the really cool fight choreography quickly enough. Um, like I, I think the the reason I stopped with King of Amashu is like I feel like that fight scene between Aang and Boomy at the end, like that's such a cool like I mean it's the first time we really see earth bending and so and earth bending is just like you know inherently visual you know and in a cool way all the different things you can do with you know moving stuff up and down and sliding around but. Um, that's, it's really, that's really indicative of the, of the direction the series goes with its big fight set pieces is like really elaborate stuff like that. Um, which, uh, I think it can kind of turn some people off the fact that they don't have like, you know, a, a whole lot of fighting until, I guess it's not really told like the second episode when they're on the, the ship and, uh, yeah, the and, first like, episode is pretty much just like travel yeah. and the, <laughs> I don't know if it's this... Yeah, I guess it's the second episode when they, like, are rescuing him from the ship. Yeah, the first episode, the biggest action scene is penguin sledding. <laughs> I haven't done this since I was a kid! You still are a kid! Yeah, which, like... I'm, like, mildly concerned about the series, like, attitude towards animals. <laughs> um, There seems... I mean, so, like, the... what What is the name of the flying bison? Appa. Appa, okay. So... So he seems like he he and Aang are like buds and he's like into what he's doing. But for the most part, I feel like a lot of their like use of and relationship with animals is like not good. <laughs> what, so there's the penguin sledding and what, what else concerned you? Well, there's the penguin sledding and there's so much just so much riding of animals. And like even when, yeah. when he's like going around, like we're going to stop here, 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 here and here on the map because we're going to go like ride animals. And in one of them, he even says like they don't like people riding them, but that's what makes it fun. And it's just kind of like, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, there was well, just like, there was just like a lot of like using animal. I don't know. Yeah. It just kept happening. No, I mean, I, I get that. It's, it's just, it's not really a big theme of the series. Like most of the relationships with ham animals are closer to having a pet. Um, so it's closer to Appa and Momo that, than, than the, the, the penguins or the giant koi or, or whatever. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. There was a lot of... I mean, they were cute. The we, They were weird, cute animals. The seals yeah. at the very beginning were super adorable, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like uh, almost all of the animals in the Avatar world are like hybrid animals. Um, so that's that's something that to keep... If, if, you, if you decide to keep on watching, to keep an eye out for is just like just the ridiculous shit they cooked up for for just you know years and years on this show of just like why did you put that together well okay whatever it works <laughs> um it's like a, a small a small part of the the delight of the show for me <laughs> yeah they are pretty cute i will say the lemur with the giant ears and stuff yeah momo 
uh, in the in the spinoff series, one of the the uh, the main animal companion is a polar bear dog. So it's basically a polar bear, but with the the facial features of just like a Labrador or or a retriever. Aww. It's so cute, <laughs> and also really scary at points. Uh, but <laughs> it's sort of what polar bears are like. Yeah. Oh, well, another thing that, again, maybe this is just something that I'm noticing because this is a repeat viewing, uh, but um, I really like what this show does with, like, collateral damage. Like, um, in the, I guess it's, like, the fourth episode? Oh, like, when the village is on fire and he Yeah, the gets third the or fourth episode when, when they go to, to the Kyoshi village or Kyoshi Island and, and Aang is just like, Look what I brought to this place. It's not your fault. Yes, it is. These people got their town destroyed trying to protect me. It's it's something that, along with uh, my earlier point about, you know, at least from the cartoons I watch of, you know, addressing sexism in kids' TV or whatever, I feel like a lot of things having to do with superpowers and superheroes, they don't really address that as frankly as they should. Yeah, does. no, it's definitely good when, it, when anybody is concerned with collateral damage because it's very yeah. rare. Yeah. Super rare. And then the uh, only other thing that I had written down was, um, is sort of just the, um, well, and this gets to your point about it being sort of a, a kid's series and maybe, is that a problem, is it not, is, uh, I mean, the the actors playing the, the main trio, they're all teenagers and like the, you know, every, every, all like these it. voice, yeah, exactly, the voice actors, they sound really young, it's kind of a John Hughes sort of thing where he would only cast like real teenagers or, or, or whatever, um, I don't know. I, I like what the series does with sort of balancing um, high stakes and sort of sense of possible death with sort of reminding you the, these are still kids, at least in this early going here, at least at least for the, the first book here. Um, it sounds like maybe you, you were not as into that, but... <laughs> yeah, I feel like I didn't really forget that they were kids and they... Well, and I don't know. I feel like it's also like... Um, you can remind viewers that the characters are kids without reminding the viewers that they're kids, which yeah. is a problem when you're not a kid. So like, yeah. so like with Buffy, for instance, they do a lot of things that like remind you, remind you that they're teenagers and like, well, they have a whole episode in the first season about like cheerleaders, right? And the yeah. cheerleaders mom is a witch, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and even in the very, yeah, like in the very, very beginning, like the first episode ends with, um, I just rewatched the first couple episodes just, because I did for the hell of it. Um, yeah, yeah they <laughs> the hell math of it exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, but Buffy and Willow and Xander are having like a totally like airheaded, uh, like teenage conversation, and Giles is like, "The Earth is doomed." Well, and you, and he says that again in the end. You remember? You remember that's, in, no, in that's what I'm talking episode? about. Is the very end yeah. of the episode. No, but but then he said in the very last episode that they're having some sort of stu- stupid conversation. He says that again. The Earth is definitely doomed. They, yeah, they, they remind you pretty regularly that, like, Buffy and her friends are teenagers and high schoolers and worried mm-hmm. about stupid things like fashion and... Although the actors are all in their 20s, but... Well, yeah, but still. <laughs> in terms of the characters, like, they do that without making making you as the viewer feel like you are a little kid or, like, you are a dumb teenager. Right. Which, like, granted, they're, they're, you know, a lot of their audience at the time was teenagers, but I watched it as an adult, you know, years later mm-hmm. and, like, for the first time and, like, didn't feel, like, didn't feel like I was watching a dumb teen drama. Right. Um, yeah. 
So I don't know. I feel so, like I mean, the, the, I feel like you can do point, that. Though. I feel like you can do that, like reminding you, rem- like reminders that the characters are kids without like also and and it's not it's also not entirely fair because it was a Nickelodeon show, so it really is a kids show. So yeah, well that's the thing though is like I f- I feel like once you get seasons two and three, like it really becomes a lot more of an adult show. Like there's some stuff that happens in season three where it's just like that's totally like i wouldn't want you know a kid watching that (laughs) which is how i feel about harry potter i'm like i'm so concerned about like children now who are gonna like start reading (laughs) harry potter when they're old enough to read the first couple books and then it's like they want to keep on going Can you imagine being anything younger than like 15 when you read the end of it oh well so i i guess when i was like the age came out I was I was eighteen or seventeen when the last book came out. So you were the, yeah, we're the same. Yeah, I think I was seventeen or eighteen as well. It came out in July of two thousand seven. So I would have been seventeen. Okay. Right, but and so in general though, like I feel like I was I was pretty like the same age or very close to the same age as the characters. Like I think I was like fourteen when the fifth book came out. I was like, yeah, sixteen when the sixth book. You know what I mean? So like, can you imagine being younger than that and like? <laughs> It's like it's a terrifying yeah, concept. Yeah, you're eight years old, and it's and like, wait, what happened not... to Cedric? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good point. I don't know. Not my problem. Not really relevant. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have to. Yeah. We didn't have to live through that. But I mean, that what you're saying though gets that interesting point, which is that like um, Buffy being a show that was intended for sort of a teens and up audience versus this show. I mean, to get get to what I was saying earlier, like, it, it took time to figure out what it wanted to be. And um, I guess by default, being Nickelodeon, you know, just the assumption that, well, you're right, it's, it's a Nickelodeon, it's a kid's show. Um, it's something that, that combined with the fact that, yes, the first season is very kiddie. Um, it's something that's always been kind of uh, frustrating is, like, people, you know, try and get into the series, and I hear them talk about it, and it's like, I can't deal with, you know, the kid levels of stuff. Um, it's just one of those things where I wish there were, like, they just, like, cut the first season into, like, a movie or, like, a couple episodes of just, like, here's the important plot points, here's just, like, the, or here's the best moments or whatever, so people could just jump ahead. Um, I think it's something that, combined with the really shitty, uh, movie, M. Night Shyamalan movie, has, like, turned a lot of people off from, like, trying to watch this series, and that's kind of a bummer, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, especially if the first season, like, continues with this, like journey that they're on where they're clearly making a lot of stops that have nothing to do with getting to the north pole it's like i feel like maybe this would be better (laughs) as a movie instead of as a tv trust me it was not it really was not i'm not saying the movie is good i'm saying this thing might have been better as a movie yeah because i feel like there's a lot of filler in here like if the world if the you know fate of the world is hanging in the balance and I understand that the main character is a little kid, but like I find right. it really annoying to have to have like, okay, so we're just going to go through episode after episode where we're visiting some crazy place that's not really on the way just because he wants to ride the giant fish. Like, But before I learn waterbending, we have some serious business to attend to. Here, here, and here. What's there? Here, we'll ride the hopping llamas. Then way over here, we'll surf on the backs of giant koi fish. Then back over and here, I feel like, we'll as you're saying, like a movie would probably have skipped over a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe a movie in more competent hands. Than well, right. Uh, the, like, like if this was a movie instead <laughs> right. of being a TV series, I'm not saying like 
the right, movie. Right, right. I, yeah, I, I know. know. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I know that everyone, and you also just said like you wish they had cut the first season into like a movie version. So I know. I'm just going out of my way to, to shit on in my Shyamalan. That's all. Um. <laughs> I understand. I know everyone hates that movie. That's how I feel about the uh, Avengers movie. What? The Avengers movie. Yes, but also the Winter's Tale movie. Hmm. Winter's Tale is based on the book or the the play. Not the Shakespeare play, no, a, a novel. Oh. There's a novel called Winter's Tale. It's probably on the list oh. for the podcast because it's like my oh, other okay. favorite book huh. after Tale of Two Cities. Although I haven't actually, I think I've only read it twice in full. It's pretty dense. I've read parts of it over again. Anyway, the point is. There's some episodes of this show that I, I've only seen once. Well, that, there's. Like, I, I've, I've gone back and done the thing where I've like revisited favorite episodes and it's been like, ah, oh, you know, so I, I get to skip over. Well, and as much more. as I love Buffy, like I still haven't watched Inca Mummy Girl. Because <laughs> I was, I don't know if you remember this, when I was first watching it, I was super sick at one point during the time okay. that I was still, wa- I was first watching it. And like, I kept falling asleep for that episode. And at some point you or somebody else was like, I said something like, I just like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of stuck on this episode. Oh, I just yeah, can't, and you yeah. were, you or someone else that was like, yeah, you're not really missing anything. You might as well just skip it. <laughs> so like, I've fallen asleep to that yeah. episode like multiple times, but I have no idea what happens in it. I mean, I assume... There's an Inca mummy girl. There's a mummy Xander and it comes to life her. and bad things happen. Buffy saves the day, I assume. Xander's a teenage boy. He's really horny. I like you a lot. And I want you to go with me to the dance. <laughs> Why was that so scary? Well, because you never know if a girl's going to say yes or if she's going to laugh in your face and pull out your still beating heart and crush it into the ground with her heel. <laughs> Inca mummy girl does some stuff. Meh. <laughs> Buffy saves the day. Um, yeah, no, they they basically all all the, the only good stuff about Income Mummy Girl they did much better later on in um, uh, Amends, the Thanksgiving episode with with the ancient uh, uh-huh, yeah. Native American. Yeah, it's basically the same plot as Income Mummy Girl, just done better. <laughs> all right, I will not go yeah. back and watch it then. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess that I don't know. I I really want you and others to keep on watching but i totally understand if like these episodes were not you know were not up to the standard of just like oh yeah i really want to go and watch some more right now you know um so i don't know if people are any listeners who are sort of you know they watch these episodes and they're sort of on the fence i'd say try a little bit more i think maybe in like three or four episodes is the first like really like uh cool like um like serious ish episode it's um I think like episode like eight or nine, um, but I figured that was too many to watch for. Yeah, that is this. a few too many. Yeah, um, I will say I will say that they are twenty five minute episodes. It goes by pretty quickly. Like yeah. easy to binge. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to, but like, it's not like yeah. it's it's not exactly like a painful sitting through. <laughs> some really bad episodes of it, like the middle of season seven of Buffy, if we're just going to keep making that <laughs> comparison. It's not like sitting through that. Well, it just, I'm just out of curiosity, do you ever revisit like Chamber of Secrets? Because I know you've revisited Sorcerer's Stone a bunch. Um, no, and, you're and, so uh, confused. I re- I have, you're thinking of Prisoner of Azkaban, first of all. I thought, I thought, I thought you watched Sorcerer's Stone like every night. No, I, that's like, Prisoner of Azkaban. Why oh, okay. the hell would I watch Sorcerer's Stone every night to go to sleep? I don't know. I, I thought then for I'd have that, that you, then that I'd have that worst Harry Potter music that Wait, you don't mean Hedwig's thing, do you? 
No, it's a I, maybe it is. It's a very specific, not the main Harry Potter music. It's, that's Hedwig's thing. It's okay. a very, very specific thing that they only use in the first two movies and the epilogue oh. of the seventh one, eighth one. Oh. Um, and they specifically use it whenever the shittiest, most corny, ridiculous okay. things are happening. Well, it sounds about right for the epilogue of the seventh one, but yeah. Exactly. And then it's like they use it in the first two, and it's like, which are so painfully saccharine. And then um, they they bring it back again in the eighth one. But it's like it's like they got to the third one, and. Um, uh, John Williams, the composer? No. Um, <laughs> Alfonso Cuaro? Yes, thank you. Sorry, all I could think of, all I could think of was Inuritu, who won, who directed <laughs> right, Birdman, Bird which was the yeah. year later. After I was thinking, like he just won an Oscar for Gravity. What the hell is his name? Yes, Cuarón. Yeah, it's like the other Mexican guy. It's like they got to the third. Um, it's like they got to the third movie, and in all the, I mean, he did this about a lot of the. He was like, nope, we're gonna make the campus more interesting. We're gonna do this, that, the other. We're gonna make this like a real movie. We're gonna no more robes. We're gonna get rid of that. <laughs> we're gonna get rid of that bullshit theme that sounds like someone. Ah, oh, it's so gross yeah anyway but yes <laughs> anyway. i watch all of them all the time i have all eight of them okay on DVD. well that's, that's the thing is like i feel like when i've revisited there have been times where i revisited the first two movies even though i you know i don't really enjoy them but well, here's the thing like i, I actually think really... i really like the the world building that they do and i like especially in the first one just the the amount of stuff they do of just setting up yeah like, the world this is hogwarts castle this is who the, these are the characters this is what hagrid looks like i really do appreciate what chris columbus did there yeah, the, and kind of the world building the world building especially after harry knows he's a wizard the beginning of it is yes. a little like oh the Dursleys are kind of, um, yeah. but, um, but, but, and then, but, yeah. and then the second one, actually, I really, really like the second one until everybody comes back from being petrified. Like the second movie is, yeah. uh, the second movie is basically really good until, um, they're out of the chamber of secrets and they're in Dumbledore's office. And like <laughs> Ma- Lucius Malfoy is like, let us hope that Mr. Potter will always be around save the day and and <laughs> harry's like don't worry i will be and the lighting is like super cornily like there's this like dark shadow over Malfoy. and it's just like a shaft of light on his eyes it's like so cheesy and then like they do the thing at the end where they like haggard comes back or first hermione comes back and like they're all excited and then and she's like oh you figured it out and then Hagrid comes back and the whole room cheers as if anyone in the school like super likes Hagrid other than like the main trio. Like <laughs> it's, it's just that part is the worst, but the rest of it, yeah. I actually really like, like I really and, and like the second of, movie up until that point. The more we talk about Avatar, the more I'm realizing, I feel like the stuff that I am revisiting these episodes, these episodes I'm just latching onto the stuff that I know is good world building that I know is building up to later character beats and that I, my, I'm automatically discarding the stuff that I think really turned you off about these episodes. And yeah. that's kind of, that's one well, of the, 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 the functions of just being a geek for the whole show and not just these five episodes. Well, and to you use, know? you know, to use an analogy of that we both understand, although I don't know if our listeners will, <laughs> but, um, a problem that we deal with in recording. Actually, this is a good way to point out that 
apologies, listeners, if I sound like I'm in some sort of echo chamber during this episode, it's because I, through a variety of life circumstances, am recording this episode in a different place. I'm usually in a smaller room with more things to absorb the sound. I'm in a bigger room and it's echoey. And there's this is relevant because this is something that uh, we deal with when we're recording things like this into microphones is that our ears, because we are connect, they're connected to our brains, our brains are really good at filtering out things like the fact that there's an echo in this room. So if we sat in this room and had a conversation, our brains would get rid of the echo and it would not matter. But this microphone that I'm talking into is really bad at that and it's recording the echo or if there were an air conditioner on, it would be recording the air conditioner and that would be like all you could hear because the microphone is not smart enough to filter it out. And that is what your fandom is doing too. Your fandom <laughs> is acting like a brain filtering out all of the like ridiculous facial expressions and the annoying kitty things and like all of the stuff that makes it a, like a kid's TV show and, the, and just hearing and seeing the really good stuff. Okay, and I, I'm watching I, it. I I'm say, watching it like a microphone. I first off, <laughs> very very impressive job. This podcast got super meta. Second off, I will defend the stupid facial expressions. I think the animation in this show, when there's a character who's just mugging in the background, I think that's adorable. Anyway, though, nice job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't um, love the stupid facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is an issue. Which is an issue I've had other times when I've tried to watch this particular type of of animation too. Yeah. Like that was always even when I when he was little when I was a little kid that was the thing that bothered me about Pokemon like I liked po the Pokemon show and I like watched it for a little while my brother and I were really into it before the cards got big and um just to be a hipster at, retroactively as a child I can't believe you didn't play the games we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to add the fact that I know that you were you were a fan of the TV show means like I have to add the video games I was a fan of the TV show at a point where my brother and I used to get up early and watch it before we went to school. And there was this one other kid in my class who also liked it. And we would like talk about it because we thought it was awesome. And we watched it. And everybody else was like, what are you talking about? Like, this, what, what is this show? No one watches that show. And then. Everyone watches Teenage Mutant Ninja and Turtles. Then, which I was not allowed to watch. And then the, the cards got really big. And my like by that point, my brother and I had moved on to some other ridiculous television show that we were obsessed with. All of which is to say my brother had moved on and I just followed him. <laughs> Because right. that was what I did as a child. Um, right. But, yeah. No, so I never played the game. I just watched the show, again, before. And the, and the show had facial expressions and the anime style. That, yeah, that and the same was, I actually really liked <laughs> Sailor Moon, too, when I was little. And But I always found the facial expressions, like, no one looks like that. See, that, that's one of the shows that I never touched with a 10-foot pole. That was, like, very clearly marketed to girls. And that, at that age, I was just like, I can't possibly watch anything that's marketed to girls. And you this know? is why you <laughs> missed out on all the girl power in your children's TV shows. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> Failure. I was like Sokka. I was ignorant. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, anyway... I'm going to guess you also didn't watch My Little Ponytails. No, but from what I understand, there's like a big contention of dudes online who are really into My Little Pony that's a called different, Bronies. That's a different My Little Pony, though. I mean, it's the same like franchise, but like that's a show called My Little Pony Friendship is Magic that's on now. <laughs> but no, there's been okay. like a whole bunch. Of, there's been like a whole bunch of different My Little Pony TV series. Okay. Um, okay. So the one that was on when I was a small child was called My Little Pony Tales. T-A-L-E-S. Okay. Of course. And anyway, 
I thought it was awesome. Wait, or or do you mean T A I L S? No, or? it was it, that's the Pony pun. T- okay, because no, well, the, the pun works either way. Because if it's if it's either written pun or pronounced pun, it still means both things. Yeah. But, well, it's I'm yeah. pretty sure it was T A L E S, but anyway. No, no, it, I, I believe you. I'm just saying the pun works either way. Anyway, <laughs> I'm assuming that next episode we will not be watching My Little Pony Tales. No, uh, I don't my, even remember. I don't even remember My Little Pony Tales. I just know I watched it. Um. So what what are we going to be watching? We're going to be we're not watching um, unless mm. you count looking at words with your eyes. I guess you could be watching. Oh right, <laughs> we are finishing a tale of two cities. We're going to read the much shorter than the first portion. Is that T A I L of two cities? Yes, or? it is. <laughs> like five on American Tale. It's yes. it's Charles oh, Darnay. I, I... Charles Darnay, a French and British tale. Um. <laughs> anyway, kudos that that was good. We will be finishing that. Uh, and the next portion is uh, shorter than the first part that we read and also more active. <laughs> okay, so more, next time we read More stuff book happens three. in a smaller span of time. Book three of uh, A Tale, T-A-I-L of T-Cities. Until then, until then, Emily, where else can we find you online? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And I'm on Twitter at Hey Hey ESJ. This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. Signing off. Happy reading. This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNPodcast.com.